0: Today's going to be a lot of fun. Regardless of what's going on with technology, I think that the enemy's trying to figure out how he can silence what's going to happen. But I just, I don't know about you, but I am ready. Look at your neighbor say, I am ready. So today we get to start week five of the sermon series that we are calling what? The Middle. It's a conversation all about faith. And how many of you have been having fun the last couple of weeks? You're seeing your faith grow. You're seeing your faith rise just a little bit. I just need a little bit more of my mic to force. I don't know about any of you, but this last week has felt a little bit different. I don't know about some of you, but were there any people that felt like you had to fight through Monday to get to today? You had to fight through Tuesday to get to today. It seemed like the people that you reached to out on, on Wednesday, they weren't available. And Thursday, you had to go to your prayer closet by yourself, and then you asked God for something. And then finally, God responded to you, and it was exactly what you needed. Is that, is there, are there any of those type of people in the room today? Well, I'm just here to tell you that today's message is specifically for you. Can we go to the word? Is that cool? All right, thank you. Let's do it. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 12. And I want you to read it with me. Somebody say, read along with him. It says, we are pressed on every side by what? Troubles. But we are not what? Really quick. Praise God right there just for a second. I'm pressed, but I'm not crushed. There's stuff that's come against me on Monday, and it hurt a little bit. But I'm, look, look at your neighbor and say, I, I'm, I'm hurt, but I ain't dead. That should be a testimony for a bunch of people in this room. You've been hurt. You're walking through some stuff hurt. You're walking with a limp. You're bleeding a little bit. You don't look like you, like, like you used to. Your Louis Vuitton bag is all ripped up. But look at your neighbor and say, I'm still here. Yeah, that's the message for today. For all of you that are, walking on, that are watching online, it seems like every single day is a fight. It can seem like every single day that God's not near. It can seem like every single day that what the day before was harder than the next. And then you're just hoping that I wake up in the next morning. But I want to make sure that you are encouraged that somebody say, I am pressed, pressed, but I am definitely not crushed. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not, somebody say, crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are, somebody say, hunted down. down. But what? We are never abandoned by God. Really quick, for the person that feels that you are by yourself, for the person that feels that you have been forsaken, for the person that feels that you are down and out, I want to make sure that you know that regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you see, regardless of what you don't see, God has never left you. He will never abandon you. He will never, and even when you feel it, it's not the truth. Remember last week? Remember last week we talked about it, that regardless of what you feel, it doesn't mean that it's real. So even if you feel like you're down and out, doesn't mean that God's not with you. Even when you can't can't sense him, it doesn't mean that he's not with you. I believe that in this season of faith that God is looking for people to champion their own testimonies. I believe that it's going to be your strength in the testimony. You ain't going to have to give credit to no other people. You ain't going to have to give credit to no counselor, to no therapist, to no girlfriend. You're going to be able to tell the story that it was me, God, and my prayer closet. Well, didn't you cry? Yes, I cried, but I'm still here. Aren't you in pain? Yes, I'm in pain, but I'm still here. Somebody say, I'm still here. Don't play with me today. Don't play with me today. This is the last Sunday for you to feel like it's time for you to die. This is the last Sunday for you to feel like you need to go crawl in a hole. Somebody say, "I'm I'm here. We're pressed but not crushed. We are perplexed but we are not in despair. We are hunted down but never abandoned by God. Somebody say, we get knocked down. But we are what? Not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be seen, somebody say, in our bodies. Verse 11, I want you to write this down. This is going to be the foundation of what we teach on. Somebody say, I'm ready. ready. Verse 11, read it with me. It says, yes, we live under constant danger of death because why? Because we serve Jesus. I'm here to pop your religious bubble thinking that you think that you are that bad that the enemy is trying to destroy your life. Let's get one thing straight. God gave you a purpose that is perfect. And the minute that you accepted Jesus into your life, a lot of us thought that our life would get easier. We thought that once we got salvation that it was going to be pie in the sky, unicorns, and that you were literally going to cry rainbows. But the minute that you made the decision to to get salvation, you made the decision to join in with what Christ wants to do. And I don't know about you, but Jesus was a little bit crazy. I'm tired of us depicting Jesus as meek and mild. Jesus was gangster. Yeah, Jesus didn't hold a glock to the side. What Jesus did is that he used his words just like bullets, and he spoke life into areas that were dead. So what that means now is that if you are just like Jesus, that means that when you walk in the room, the enemy has to attack you. (laughs) When stuff starts going right in your life, look at your neighbor and say, he has to attack me. I'm hoping that by the end of this sermon today and by the end of this series, that every single time that you start to feel a Holy Ghost presence, whenever you start to feel the presence of the enemy, that rather than running away in fear, you realize that it's actually, oh, I'm on assignment. Resistance doesn't chase you out of something. It chases you as you're walking into something. And I just need 10 people to stand on your feet and say, I'm chasing into something. I'm, I'm walking into something big. This is, the, this is the reason why all four of my tires pop. This is the reason why he left me high and dry. This is the reason why I keep getting sick. This is the reason why my family keeps getting attacked. Rather than sitting and crying, somebody say, I'm chosen. Don't play with me today. Don't play, Don't play with me today. We don't suffer because life is hard. We suffer because, somebody said, we've joined in. I'm joined in with Christ. Me, me and God are a team. What God wants to do in the earth, he can't do unless I agree with him. So somebody say, I agree. I agree. Yes, we will live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death. Somebody say the face of death. Can I just pause for the calls one time right here? This is the season that you laugh in the face of death. That you laugh in the face of your Goliath, that you look at the stuff that's sitting in front of you that used to scare you and you laugh at it because last time you beat me. And I think it was Apostle Mike Jones that like I think he probably said something like this. He said, "Back then you didn't want me. Now I'm hot. You all on me. You're going to begin to walk with a different type of swag after today. You're going to begin to walk into issues a little bit different. Now you're going to say what black moms would say any other day. I won't." you to come at me i'm looking for a reason to fight i'm looking for a reason to use my holy oil i'm looking for a reason to drop on my knees like do you know the god that i serve do you know the faith that i have on the inside of me please i want to use it i've been looking for a reason to, to. you think that you coming up against me you're not coming up against me bro like i got something bigger behind me so you can test me if you want to but my faith is strong somebody scream my faith is strong Don't play with me today, don't don't play with me today. You're going to begin to teach your kids that when they see stuff around the house, dark and ooky spooky spirits, that instead of becoming afraid and turning on a nightlight, they're going to stand up, get out of bed. and I can tell you exactly where you need to go. No, mama, I got this one. You can go back to the hell that you came from and take all of your friends with you. I got a test in the morning. I got work in the morning. I cannot stay up with you. Somebody say, Stone, don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Don't you know I'm anointed, Elder Butler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Da- Damon, do you know the blood that washed my body? Like, do you... and you and you want to pick a fight with me? Somebody, look at your issue right now and say that. Like, you want to pick? No, 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 no. Get gangster with it. Like, cancer. You want to pick a fight? You want to? Oh, you want to fight? Okay, divorce. You. You want to fight with us? That means that our marriage must be bigger and greater than what we're going through right now. Like, oh, you, you want to mess with me now? Oh, bet. Okay, cool. So since you have shown your ugly face, enemy, that must mean that I'm a threat to you. Since I know that you're not omnipresent, you can't be all places at all times. So if you're in my marriage, if you're in my finances, if you're in my health, somebody say, I'm a big deal you got to start saying that over and over again when you start to feel discouraged when you start to feel like you're down and out you have to remind yourself i'm a big deal i'm a big deal I'm a, and it's not because joshua is a big deal the word of god says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world somebody say i'm ready somebody say i'm ready look at your hater and say don't mess with me today today I would like to talk to you on a sermon title called the middle of pain. The middle of pain. You're a Christian, you love God, but sometimes it hurts. You're married, the honeymoon phase is over and it hurts. You get an idea and it's all pie in the sky, everything's great, then it hurts. You get a word from God, it all works out, then you get hurt. You get pregnant, have the baby, then you find out that they're autistic. And I think that what happens is, is that the enemy tries to take what God uses as a blessing. He tries to pervert it to question if, if if I hurt you enough. Maybe it'll change the way that you see your God. When we look at Job, everything in his life was touched, except for what? His wife, because his wife wasn't a threat to him praising God. This is the season where you need to begin to take an inventory of all of the people that used to be able to push you towards God. Don't worry about the stuff that's trying to get you. Don't worry about the spirits and the enemies. I know that I'm in a bad place when I can't find my encouraging crowd. When you stop getting the text messages of the friend, hey, bro, I don't know what it is, but I felt something in the spirit at 2 o'clock. I don't need you to even read this text message, but the fact that I sent it and it's on your phone, bro, hey, bro, you can beat this. He says, hey, we need to go to coffee. And while you're at coffee, they don't even let you speak, but they begin to prophesy into your life. Because it's impossible to go into a war and beat the spirit without the spirit. But if you are hurting enough, sometimes you can forget who's on the inside of you. So you can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and forget that he's there. But today, under the power of the Holy Ghost, I'm here to remind you. Of who lives on the inside of you I'm here to remind you that you don't need no man to lay no hands on you you don't need no word from nobody that you can put your hands on yourself and declare over yourself I'm coming out of this I will be healed it's all gonna work out somebody say don't mess with me don't mess with me a lot of people that are watching online or in the room you might be questioning like are all the theatrics necessary oh yeah Yeah, yeah, because when it hurts enough, you'll go and crawl in the fetal position, but I think there's about 10 to 15 people in this building, Lexi, that are tired of hiding it, Michael, that are tired of crying, that are tired of going to some other resource, and I think that you're looking to build something on the inside of you that will begin to fight your battles for you. Somebody scream hallelujah. Don't mess with me. Somebody say the middle of pain. Somebody say ouch. Ouch. Ouch is a verbal cry that comes out after something has, has, has taken you out of where you want to be. Ouch is what you say as a response of pain. Ouch is what you say when you don't know what else to say. Babies cry not just because something hurts. They cry because they want to be heard. And the enemy knows that sometimes I can hurt you enough that you don't cry out. The last time that you got hurt, the last time that it didn't work out, the last time the person hurt you, you cried out and you felt that nobody was there. So now the enemy wants to do this repertory thing that now if I hurt you enough, you won't cry because the enemy knows that actually what you want is locked up in your praise after the pain. Let's go to point number one. Somebody say, don't mess with me. All of us will have to develop a relationship with pain. All of us will have to develop A relationship with pain. Well, Pastor Joshua, I don't really like that. I don't want to have a relationship with pain. Well, I'm sorry to pop your bubble of what you think is perfection, but if you're on this road of progression, I don't know about you, but you're imperfect, which means that we're going to make bad decisions, which means it's going to put us in bad situations. And how many of you guys know that bad situations hurt sometimes? The areas in your life, it can seem like day in, day out, like, when is this thing going to break? Like, when is it going to give? Like, when am I going to not hurt anymore? And the problem is, is that we have not found out as people how to purpose our pain. How to use pain as a fuel. How to use the grit, the frustration, the blood, the sweat, and the tears. How to literally take that, put that in your spiritual gas tank, and still carry on the purpose. Do you understand how much the enemy would love to kill your purpose? Do you know how much fathers, men in the room, how much he would like for you to believe that you not being in the house is unimportant? But if the enemy can kill your voice on the inside of you, he doesn't have to worry about all the other things. Don't you know that nobody can encourage you like you encourage you? Nobody can build you up like you can build yourself up. When you gave your heart to Christ, you became all one. You became one. You became whole. That means that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit doesn't just live out here, but he lives in you. You need to start having press conferences with all three of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the middle of the restroom, as you're using the restroom, as you're washing your hands, Holy Spirit, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yes, they're going to think that you're schizophrenic, but all you got to do is do it enough and they'll stop messing with you. The enemy says stuff like this, Miss Pan. Don't you know that he's not listening? Well, if he's God, he wouldn't allow this pain to happen. But sometimes the pain in your life is what God needs for you to trust him that he can actually take the pain away. Let's jump into the word. Acts 16 and 22, we find a man named Paul who before had an event with Jesus where his name was changed from Saul to Paul. Paul was a persecutor of Christians, which basically means... That he made his money by going into certain areas, playing, being two-faced, getting good with the Christians, finding out where their secret hiding places were, and then he would murder and slaughter them. So when you see this man named Saul, it's frustrating because of the fact that now his name is Paul, but he has a, a track record. So now Paul in Acts is bringing the word of God to the people who a couple of chapters before he was there to kill. You wanna know what that looks like? That's like with the people that you used to be super cool with. You meet Jesus, you have a moment where your life is changed, then you go and you try to hang out with them again, and they try to remind you of what your old name was. Well, bro, you used to, I'm different. Well, sis, you used to, I'm different. And now because of what the work that has been done on the inside of you, it begins to repel people around you who are not called to purpose. I want to make sure that you know that all of your summer plans that flop because the people say that you acted different actually might have been a gift from God. Your girlfriends that don't want to hang out with you anymore, the the homies that don't want to hoop with you anymore, how you feel like you're being self-isolated. It might be that God is actually setting you up for what he needed to get you to. And he couldn't get you to it with the wrong people around you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for the isolation. Now I'm seeing a little bit clearer now. It's not that the relationship wasn't supposed to work, Vanessa, but if I was with her, I wouldn't have met you. So, God, I thank you for the bloody breakup. When you start to look at things differently, you can begin to praise God for what you have right now, and you can understand what happened back then. One second, just while we're here, for those of you that know that you walked through something and it hurt, but it was necessary, I want you to lift your hands and remember it. I remember it. That car accident that you had in 2005 actually set you up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that person that denied you, that said that you would be stupid, that you would never amount to anything, it actually set you up for the promotion that you don't even deserve because you didn't even go to college. Like, God is always in this system of setting you up even when you don't even know it. What the enemy wants you to do is focus on the pain. If I can get you to focus on the pain, you'll never work through the pain to get the reward. And I believe that we are walking into a season where you're going to begin to do something like this. I want you to write this down. Say, I make this, I make this look easy. I believe that we're about to have a totally new genome of Christian, a totally new genome of kingdom citizen that looks for pain just so that they can beat it. That looks for hardship. That looks for issues. Because now when you chase Goliath, David, you know that God will not send you a, uh, will not send you a Goliath without giving you a slingshot. And he definitely ain't going to give you no slingshot without giving you no five smooth stones. And the reason why you got five smooth stones, David, is because after you use one of them to kill Goliath, Goliath has four other brothers. I believe this is the season that you will begin shooting and stop missing. This is the season that anything and everything that you put your hands to will turn to gold. I believe that this is the season that everything's going to work out. And it's going to be because of, somebody say, my faith. Not because of a book you read, not because of some therapist that you got, not because of somebody that you gave money or a life coach, but it's gonna become when you actually believe what God told you. Look at your neighbor and say, God told me something. And I'm gonna to begin to believe it. Every father in the room that might be estranged from their children, you do understand that regardless of what the, the issue is so socially, domestically, that you're still their father, that you're still their father. As much as it hurts, as much as there is pain, as much as the baby mama or grandma or whoever it is is trying to keep you against them, if we can see cancer be turned around, we can see the family reconciled. I believe this is the season where fathers are coming back home. I believe this is the season where children are coming back home. I believe this is the season for those of you that are in the room, the dream that you threw away and you took the safety of a nine to five, you're not just going to quit your job. You're going to work that job and make it work too. And at the end of this season, you're going to look at the enemy and say, I told you so. I came in this room this morning to encourage somebody. I came into this room to build somebody up that feels like you can't take another step. I'm here to build somebody up to help you understand that you don't need no more help. You don't need another self-help book. You don't need to watch another YouTube video. You need to trust yourself. Look at your neighbor say, I'm trusting myself. I'm trusting myself. I'm trusting myself. In this season, Joshua, I trust you. In this season, God, I trust the word that you gave me. And you're going to look crazy. You're going to look confused. You're going to be bleeding while you're professing healing. Yeah, yeah, for some of you, you're going to be taking the drink of alcohol while you are actually talking about sobriety. And the people around you are going to think that you're crazy. But I believe that in, that the power of your tongue is going to be what sets you free in this season. Yeah. Turn off TBN. Turn off YouTube. Turn off social media. Open up your Bible and ask the Holy Spirit, what, what, what's for me today? Yeah. This is the time that the people of God begin to trust the God on the inside of them more than the pastor. That you trust the God that's on the inside of you more than your small group leader. Every man that's in the room, please stand up to your feet just for a second. You are not a father once you have a child. You were father when you were created in his womb. Father is a title that is not given to you. It's a, it's a title that you walk in. Every single man that is in this room, regardless of what age you are, regardless if you have children or not, regardless if, 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 if you have the ability to have children or not, regardless if there's pain there, the enemy wants you to look at the pain so that you don't get the prophecy. But we're built strong for a reason. Our pain tolerance is strong for a reason. You can go through things and not cry for a reason. Not saying that not crying isn't good, but we can do that because of the fact of how strong we are. But the problem is that the enemy wants you to believe that you're too strong to pray. The enemy wants you to believe that you're too strong to ask for help. The enemy wants you to believe that you're too strong to ask God to come and fix some stuff. So as men, what do we do? We work. We go to the gym. We work harder. We sleep less. And we start to do things in our own power. And we forget that the power that we have came from God. Right now, lift your hands. And I I pray right now that you would remember where you were when you were broken. That you would remember where you were when you needed God, when you needed him. Like when you really needed him. When When you prayed that prayer, God, this marriage isn't working. God, my children, I don't know what's going on. God, I don't have any money. That moment when you were reminded that it doesn't matter how many curls you do, you can never be strong enough to carry your own purpose. I pray that today, and I'm not even there yet. I'm stuck. But I'm praying that after today, that you will begin to encourage yourself in the moments where you feel weak. That you will begin to look in the mirror and see who God made and not who you have to deal with every day. That you will begin to be look at, at addiction, anxiety, depression, all of these things that are man-made, and you remind them of the God that made everything. Be encouraged today, sir. Be encouraged today, bro. Well, bro, you don't know what's going on with my baby mama. I don't, but God does. And and here's another thing. He planned it. What you're walking through right now that you think is impossible. What you're walking through right now that you think nobody sees you. I promise you he sees you. You want to know how I know? Because I feel the same way in my situation. But I got men around me that have walked through worse stuff than I've walked through. And they keep encouraging me. Come on, Josh. You got this, bro. Come on, dog. Keep moving, bro. I know it didn't work out. I know they said no, but keep moving. Somebody say keep moving. Look at your brother next to you, say, I believe in you. Believe. Take a seat, please. Somebody say, Glory! Glory! Yes, it hurts, but I'm not gonna stop. All of us will have to develop a relationship with pain. Is this good this morning? The crowd joined in attacking against Paul and Silas. A couple lines up, Paul and Silas cast a demon out of a woman. And I want to make sure that you stay along for the ride because beginning next month. We're not just going to teach you about the Holy Spirit. I believe that revival is coming to AWC and it's starting in two weeks. I believe that you are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that you are going to begin by the manifestation of speaking in tongues. I believe that the Holy Spirit is even now beginning to speak to our children where they are going to begin to prophesy. That they are going to be babies that speak in tongues before they speak in English. That there are going to be radical moves in your house where limbs are going to grow back. Where cancer is going to be eradicated. Where issues that you used to have in the house are going to change. And it's going to be because of ushering in the Holy Spirit. Paul and Silas are on assignment. They're taking care of God's business. They heal a woman, pull a demon out of her while she's being tormented. The people around them are so religious that they're frustrated with Paul and Silas because they think that Paul and Silas were the ones that brought out the demon. I want to pop your religious bubble one more time. Any and everything that you do for God, you did it with him, not by yourself. There's nothing in your life that you can do that you are smart enough, big enough, intelligent enough to do by yourself. Even the intelligence that you have came from God. Even the aha moment, man, that's a great idea, came from the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you'll think that it's all in your own strength. And the problem with thinking that it's all in your own strength, Tina, is that when something big and bad comes up against you, you'll try to fight it with your strength. And we have Christians that are falling to the left and the right. We have people who don't even know God who are trying to figure it out. They're falling to the left and the right. They're committing suicide. They're taking their own lives. They're taking the lives of people. They're addicted to opioids. They're taking drugs. I do not believe that people choose addiction. I just think that sometimes we realize our strength isn't as strong and we go to other things to try to get strong. At least while I use, I feel strong. When I'm drunk, I feel strong. When I'm hallucinating, I feel strong. But I believe that we're coming into what is called spiritual clarity. Well, you'll know it's the Holy Spirit, and you won't have to ask or question it. Let me get back to the word. Somebody can say, get back to the word, Joshua. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be what? Stripped and beaten with rods. For some of you, it's not enough that you're down and out. But for some of you, you've been stripped, and it's humiliating. You You didn't just mess up big. You messed up big in front of people. You didn't just mess up big in front of people. Somebody shared it on social media. Yes. You didn't just mess up big and people shared it on social media. The person that shared it on social media promised you that they would never leave you nor forsake you. Right. You didn't just mess up on, and it was on social media and the person denied you, but they actually tried to be your friend and reconcile the issue so that they could perpetuate the pain in your life. Yes. Yes. Wow. We break up because I hurt you. We make up, then I hurt you. Then we break up because I hurt you. That we make up that, I hurt you. So now it's this perpetual thing where now as Christians, we go to people before we go to God's presence. And it's a perpetual cycle of pain. Paul and Silas take care of this woman's need. And even when they're doing the right thing, there's still pain. Sometimes when you're advancing, when you're doing the right thing, when you're following the voice of God, If you're a man in the room and God gave you vision and you're following after it, you're working two, three jobs and it's not working out, sometimes success can be painful. But nobody talks about it. I feel something different this morning. I'm sorry. They were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them. How? Carefully. It's not enough that we're locking you behind bars and that we're chaining you to the wall. Now I got somebody assigned to watch you so that you can't get out of something that you can't get out of. If you get out of the chains, you still got to get out of the cell. And if you get out of the cell, you got to get a- a- away from the jailer. But it's not enough that you got a jailer, that you, that, that you got handcuffs around you, and that you got a jail. When he received the orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. So, Mr. Yvonne... It's not enough that Paul and Silas were doing what God told them to do. I want to pop your religious bubble for the fourth time. And sometimes the greatest pain that you will ever endure will come after you do what God told you to do. I'm sorry, sister Christian. I'm sorry, brother pastor. But following God hurts. It's going to cause you to deal with things like your pride. It's going to cause you to deal with things like your own priorities. The one way that you know that it came from God is that it comes with a doctor's notice. If it doesn't hurt, for me personally, I know it's not God. Because I think that everything that God gives people that he's trying to use, it's got to hurt a little bit to remind you that you can't do it by yourself. It's got to hurt a little bit. A couple chapters before, Mr. Duane, Paul says, for this cause I have literally shackled myself to the word of God. Paul literally says that I see this mission, this purpose that God has given me as a literal ball and chain. So therefore, what I am pressing towards can also be a thorn in my side. I don't know about any of you parents in the room, but sometimes the thorn in your side is something that you pushed out 10 years ago. Sometimes the thorn in your side is the business that God told you to start. Sometimes the thorn in your side is dealing with schizophrenia. Yes, going and getting medicine, going to therapy, but learning how to pray again. Sometimes the thorn in your side is working on the marriage that everybody is laughing at. But remember, you're married, not them. Somebody say, ouch. If you're following Jesus, it's going to hurt. The question is, how much will you endure before you ask him for help? Paul and Silas have saved a woman. They're not just shackled. They're not just in jail. They don't just have um, a-, a jailer. But somebody said that they up, uh, they up under the jail. They're down beneath the jail. You know, like when you see certain people on WOWT, and they put, you know, that bad crime, old folks say they need to put that man underneath the jail. That's where Paul and Silas are. Acts 14, 19, pastor, Paul goes to this place called Lystra, and is stoned by the Jews that he's trying to help. Because remember, when they see Paul, they see Saul. When they see Paul, they see you murder Christians, we're going to kill you. But after Paul gets stoned, it says that the people of God come around Paul, and they begin to speak words of life around him, and he begins to raise up after being stoned. In this season of faith, it's not going to be enough for you to know what God has said. You're going to need at least two or three other gangster people that know how to pull out a Holy Spirit Glock and begin to bust back at the enemy. I got to try to make this thing culturally relevant so that you kind of get it. You know boys in the hood? Ricky, when he runs away, that's how we're going to start shooting demons in the next couple of weeks. I'm not letting no demon get away from me. I'm killing and slaughtering every single one of them. You're going to call me the demon slayer. Don't play with me. Uh Uh-uh. That familiar spirit that's been haunting my family for generations, where is he at? I'm like Van Helsing. I'm ready to go. I got my wood stake. I got holy water. And my secret weapon is praying in tongues. I'm about to make sure that the devil knows. Somebody say, don't mess with me. I'm here to encourage you this morning. Acts 27, Paul becomes shipwrecked and in verse 28 after being shipwrecked Paul gets bitten by a snake that has venom the men around him that were on the ship first of all are like hey bro we read about the story about Jonah Jonah was on a boat and he God capsized the boat just because of Jonah like we don't want to be close to you because what God wants to do with you it ain't working Paul gets bitten by a snake supposed to be poisonous Marvin is actually supposed to kill him the men look around him it doesn't kill him He shakes it off and keeps moving. I believe that this is one of those seasons, y'all, where the stuff that's supposed to take you out, you're not even going to give it the benefit of talking to it. You're not even going to give it the benefit of facing and looking at it. You're just going to look at your neighbor and say, shake it off. I'm not hurt. Don't mess with me today. Paul gets bitten. He gets shipwrecked. And now, because of all of these issues, he has now actually built a relationship with pain. Please write this down. All of the pain that you experience was not always picked. If we're going to have a relationship with pain, we're going to have to look at what are the different types of pain. Look at your neighbor and say, types of pain. So let's break them down. There are five different types of pain. They have five different definitions, and they all have a cure. I want to make sure that you know that I'm not going to talk to you about the pains of life today and not share with you scripture that supports that all pain in your life Somebody say has a cure. There is nothing in your life that hurts that bad that God cannot fix. There is nothing in your life that you messed up that bad that God cannot fix. There is no embarrassment thing that you could do that is as embarrassing as it could be. There's nothing that God cannot fix. Somebody scream, fix it, Jesus. Let's go to the first type of pain. The first type of pain that all of us will deal with is genetic. This is the type of pain that is handed down to you. This is the type of pain that you have to figure out. Why does it seem like Joshua is predispositioned to some stuff? Well, if Joshua does his due diligence, he'll go and ask Pastor Martin some questions regarding the pain that he's walking through. What the enemy wants you to do is to become so shameful of your pain that you don't share it. If the enemy can get you to the point where you do not share, you kill yourself. The church is in this place where we get frustrated and we wanna walk through our struggle by ourselves. Yes, that makes sense. You don't want to share what's going on in your life with everybody. You don't want to share it with everybody, but you need some people that you have to share it with. You need some people in your life that they can tell when you're off. Hey, sis, where you at? You, are you, are you, You're intentionally moving out the way so I don't see you. What is it? What do what you not, not share with me? Bro, you need some guys that will pull up on you at 2 o'clock in the morning because they know your sexual patterns. Hey, bro. Where's Dana? Huh? Well, Dana lives on the first level and her light's out. You live on the fourth level, your light's out. But both of your cars are in the parking lot. I'm downstairs in the lobby. What are you doing? Because what you think is somebody pushing in on your privacy actually might save your life. I want you to know that you have a spiritual calling that is so potent that the decisions that you make can destroy how God uses you in your purpose. So, you need some people that are not afraid of losing you as a friend when they come and they bother you. Somebody say the second type of pain. Second type of pain, type of pain is grieving pain. If genetic pain is unwanted pain that, you, that is handed down to you, grieving pain is owned pain that you hold on to. Some of us, you might have a predisposition to diabetes or a mental health issue because if you look back through your genetics, you're not the first one to deal with it. It's just your turn now. Some men, if we told them at a young age, the hey, bro, the reason why you get excited in this area when you see women and you see them with less clothes on isn't because you're disgusting. But if we talk to your great, 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 great grandfather, he was a womanizer. And that spirit has followed us all the way through. So you're not disgusting. It's just your turn to deal with the same demon. How much more would we get done in the spirit if we explain to our children why they act the way that they act? You didn't pick this, it just runs in the family. You're not an alcoholic because you love Jack Daniels. If we look all the way back, this is how our family deals with issues. Gin and tonic gets you happy because of Paul like Jack Daniels. It's not that you are a drunk. We tell people what we don't want them to be and then we get frustrated when they turn into it. You're a drunk. Then they become an alcoholic and then we get frustrated and then we kick them out of the family. No, what if we share with our family members the reason why you act this way It's because our family has a predisposition to holding grudges. Our family doesn't get over stuff. We hold on to it. Somebody say grieving pain. pain. This is the pain that hurts you the worst because it hurts you the tighter you hold it. The harder you grip it, the harder it hurts you. I want you to envision that you have a baseball in your hand and squeeze it. Now I want you to envision that that baseball is actually a spike ball and I want you to squeeze it. Somebody say ouch. Ouch. That's what our lives look like as Christians when we hold grudges and we don't forgive. It's called self-inflicting pain. It's the pain that you cause yourself. There's a third type of pain that we have. The third type of pain that we have is traumatic. Traumatic pain is the unplanned pain that comes from uncontrollable events. This is the pain that you endure and that you walk through because you were in the wrong place at the wrong time when somebody was supposed to be watching Man Man and he wasn't being watched, and now at 30, he's dealing with what what happened to him at at at, at three years old. Traumatic pain, look at your neighbor and say, we all got it. Every single person in this room has something that happened that was so traumatic, that was so big, that shook your world so much that it actually caused pain. And your brain actually works to keep you safe from the pain. So that's why you can forget for 15 years, smell somebody's perfume, smell somebody's uh, cologne, look at something on the television, hear something go off, and now be put back into the physical spot of where you were when you were five years old. And the enemy is always in that place to remind you you'll never leave this place. But I come underneath the power of the Holy Spirit to let you know that every single time that the enemy tries to drag you back to what you came out of that you can tell him where exactly where to go somebody say go Go. traumatic pain is the worst because it's it, it really hurts because of something that you experienced and we tried in our brains to make things not happen as if they didn't happen but look at your neighbor and say hey bro it happened you were touched in the wrong way you were exposed to some stuff that didn't work but trauma isn't always bad for some of you, you might have a business, and it's one thing to have 100 people like your comment on what you're putting out as a product, but could you imagine if all 100 of those people asked for 100 orders? Right. That's traumatic. Trauma is not good or bad. Trauma is a constant change in what you know to be true. So having a baby is traumatic. It's a mute, it's beautiful, right? It's, it's amazing, but Joshua was planning for, once we get pregnant, the traumatic of having to not be able to sleep when I want to. That's traumatic. Somebody say it's an experience. <laughs> Genetic pain is pain that's handed down to you. Yes. Grieving pain is pain that you're holding on to. Traumatic pain is pain that you experience cuz something happened to you. The next type of pain is recovering pain. Once you figure out what's wrong with you genetically, you can grieve it and hold on to it if you want to. You can go through the trauma or you can make the decision to recover. Recovering pain is the targeted intentional pain that you endure to make things straight. You wanna know what recovering pain looks like? Talking about what you don't want to talk about. Recovering pain is what some of you might feel the influence today to call your dad that everybody calls a deadbeat, but you're willing to work through it just to have a relationship with a man that doesn't know you. That's called recovery. It's, it's doing the scary things, Amari, that you've been trying not to do because you want to avoid it, but you realize that I can't reach purpose If I'm carrying this pain with me, I believe that there are people in this room and I see it in the spirit even now that you have baggage of pain because you refuse to recover. You would rather be bitter, unforgiving and frustrated than just to let it go. Because for Christians, it's hard for us to let it go because grace doesn't make any sense when we have to extend it. We want God's grace when we do certain things because we want him to bless us without penalty. But then that means that Joshua has to learn how to forgive without penalty. Forgiveness is letting go go that somebody hurt you, Joshua, even if you don't get the sweetness of seeing them fall. But what we're taught in black culture is get your lick back. Get your lick back. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody grow, grow up in the hood, right? I didn't grow up in the hood. I just had hood friends. I was very privileged. I ain't trying to cap, but I remember what it meant. Get your leg back, man. If buddy pop you, you better get your, get your lick back. I remember going to friends' houses and watching their mama drag their kid out, outside the house. Oh, you're going to fight him today. I don't want to fight him. Oh, you're going you gonna to get this butt whooping twice. You're going to get beat by him, and then I'm going to beat you. So which beating do you want? You better win this thing. And I think that God is in the same way. I think that God is beginning to spiritually push us towards the stuff that we're trying to run away from. Because God knows something, Mr. Dwayne. God knows something, Amari. God knows something, Jerry. God knows that Joshua cannot fulfill his purpose if I don't beat the Goliath that's in front of me. You can't go around him. You can't go over him. You can't go under him. Somebody say you got to go through. Recovery is scary because the only way that you get to the point of being healed is going through it. You got to talk to somebody about it. It's not enough to be frustrated with who hurts you. Don't talk to them, but you got to somebody say, share it. it. So if we look at all of these, they all have a definition, but they all have a cure. Genetic pain, if diabetes runs in my family and it's handed down to me, I have a responsibility to learn about my family. You know how many people are diabetic, won't go to the doctor, but are eating like trash? You do know that gluttony is actually a sin. You know that every single bite that you take after you're full, God sees it as a sin. And remember, God doesn't put sin on a level. So murder and your fork, but you're killing yourself. Somebody say, learn. This is the year at Christmas and Thanksgiving that you start asking granny, why do I act this way? Why are the women in our house... Why are they unforgiving? Like, all the men seem free, but all the women in our house are broken, frustrated, and none of them are married. Like, why? Because the excuse of, I just act like this, isn't going to be enough anymore. Genetic pain, you got to learn. Grieving pain, you have to release. You got to let go of what they did to you. But Pastor Joshua would hurt. Trust me, more people are going to hurt you, and you only got two hands. How much do you want to hold on to? Because you can't hold on to this offense and to this one and to that one. you got to drop one of them. Like, so now you're going to be juggling how many people hurt you for the rest of your life, and God can never use your hands to actually produce anything beautiful. Somebody say, let it, let it go. Traumatic pain, the only way that you can get over it is to heal. How many people are sitting in this room right now, you're living through your trauma, and you're bleeding all over the people that you're actually supposed to be feeding? But I don't know about you, when I go to Burger King, which I don't, but if I go to Burger King, I don't want a Whopper with somebody's blood type on it. You cannot reach the people that you're bleeding on. Somebody say heal. Heal. This is the season of the healed church where you actually walk around actually free. Well, you know what Roger did to me? You broke up with him 10 years ago. Are you that broken that that was the biggest relationship ever? You probably haven't even seen the other prospects because you're worried about Roger. Roger's married with kids now. Like, it's done deal. Like, why are you worried about Roger? Say, go home, Roger. Go home, Roger. <laughs> recovering pain is targeted, intentional pain that is endured to make things straight. The only way that you can get over recovering pain is to grow. They say that in the gym, the rep that hurts the most, you should do five more because now you're beginning to do the work. Your Christian and faith walk is about to get a little bit harder, but I want to encourage you that if you start hurting, that means you're growing. I need somebody to raise your hand right there in that moment and say, I'm not I'm not in pain. I'm, I'm growing right now in this season. Yes, I'm stretching. Yes, it feels like it's a tear, but I'm growing and to the left, the right, the east, and the west. Like, I got stretch marks, and some people are going to say that I'm fat, but it just means that my skin cannot hold the potential that God has in me. I love my stretch marks on my spirit, because it means that my capacity is beginning to grow. I love the fact that I can't hang out with who I used to hang out with. It just means that my capacity is beginning to grow. I'm so glad that my job, that my, my supervisor, that my boss keeps giving me all of these projects that I don't have the ability to do. It just means that I'm beginning to grow. I believe that you are beginning to walk into a season where you're going to have too much to handle, and you're going to have to look at God and somebody say, help me. Grow. 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 Pastor Joshua, I feel like I'm tearing. Grow. It's growth, baby. I feel like I'm losing my mind. It's growth, baby. Me and my wife, it just seems like we're always under pressure. Well, you know the pressure creates diamonds, but you never hear diamonds scream. And the same pressure that creates the diamond is the pressure that brings it down from the earth's core so that we can find it. So, hey, bro, you're growing. Associate your pain with what God wants to bring to you. Somebody say amen. Recovering pain. Is this good to anybody this morning? Recovering pain is pain that you go through. And the only way that you learn from it is, is, is that you grow. But then there's a different type of pain, which is called acquired pain. I want to bring it back to your knowledge. That Paul wouldn't have went through being in a shipwreck, being bitten by a snake, and being put in jail had he not said yes to what God asked of him. I'm I'm not here to set you free, but I believe the Holy Spirit wants to use these words to set somebody free. So if you're already in, in anticipation, I need you to lift up both hands and your pinky toe to receive this. There are some pains that you are going through, not because it's a bad time in your life, but because God has chosen you. There are some stuff that you are walking through that feels like you're ready to take yourself out. And you think that it's because that somebody is sitting there trying to press on you. But actually what has happened is that when you said yes to God, you said yes to the pain that he was going to use to make you. Yes, it hurts. Somebody say, ouch. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, but it's pressure. Yeah, it's genetic. Yes, it's grieving. I don't know how to, I'm holding on to this too much. It's traumatic, something happened to me, Pastor Joshua. I can't recover because I keep going through this, but acquire pain is the pain that you accept after you say yes. It's the pain that you accept after you ask somebody to work out with you in the gym. And now that you're on your last rep, you wanna quit because it hurts. But had you never said yes, you wouldn't be in the gym. I wanna make sure that you know, Daniel, that there's a part of your life that's coming, that because you say yes to God, it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. It's going to be frustrating. But this is the amazing thing about it, Daniel, is that the minute that Paul said yes to God, yes, he walked through pain, but God made sure that he was able to cure his pain with this five-letter word called praise. If genetics, if I learn what runs in my family and it takes care of my genes... And if I know that if I heal, it takes care of my trauma. If I begin to praise God, it'll actually take care of the pain that I'm enduring. And what the enemy wants you to know is that if you, if he can get you to stop lifting your hands. If he can get you to stop listening to the music that gets you happy. If he can get you to come to church on Sunday morning and just stand there like he ain't done nothing in your life then the enemy doesn't have to use any enemy to destroy your purpose because he's got your praise. I need 10 people to stand up on your feet and shout right there where you are. You can't have my praise. You can't have my hallelujah. You can't have my, you can't have none of it, devil. You can't, you can't have none of it. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Oh, you can't have my praise. Uh Uh-uh, you, you can't have this. Because in those moments when I was looking for a therapist, mommy, this is what saved my life. In those moments when I was looking for somebody to listen to me in therapy or counseling, this is what saved my life. I just need 10 people that know that this is what saved your life. Raising my hands, lifting up my voice, acting like I ain't got no sense. Somebody sing hallelujah. Praise save my life. Praise saved my life praise saved my life when your daddy was murdered praise saved my life carissa you're an alcoholic but i can be drunk and still lift my hands well you're an addicted you're addicted to porn, bro i can go watch clean myself up and praise god and his grace is just as good as before take your seats take your seats take your seats is that ready to go Somebody say praise, save my life. Oh yeah, we in business now. I can do what I need to do. Somebody say thanks, production. Point number two, and about midnight. <laughs> Woo. There's funny something funny about midnight. Midnight, it's a new day even though it looks like the last one. At midnight, it's dark and it's frustrating because you should be asleep. You should be getting rest, Jason. And in church, you come to church and somebody says, give God a shout of praise and you're like, well, it's still dark. But it's not yesterday. Look at your neighbor and say, it's today. It says that his mercies are new everyone so look at your neighbor say just make it to morning Hey, i know it was tough last night i know that you cried your eyeballs out last night but just make it to midnight there are some of you the only faith that you need is just to see the sun come up because trauma comes and gets you at nighttime hurt comes and gets you when there's no light outside Because God created the light not just to illuminate, but to chase out darkness. But Mr. John, there's a part in the Bible that says that he's the light of the world. But if I accepted him and he lives on the inside of me, that means that the light that drives out darkness also has the ability to illuminate on the inside of me. So Then that means that you can start doing this self-talk thing. Where Matt, regardless of what you're walking through and the dark time and the night time in your life, you can begin to turn on the light on the inside of yourself. That when you call out to people and they can't show up to help you, when you send a text message and nobody can come and help you, you can begin to help yourself by turning on the light on the inside of you. Somebody say at midnight. At midnight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. After being beaten, flogged, Shamed, they make a decision not to feel frustrated and hurt, but to begin to praise God on the opposite end of what they're supposed to do. What does it look like, PJ? I'm glad you asked. It's like when somebody in your family, something bad happens to them, and rather than beginning to cry, your family begins to praise. It's it's, it's when somebody lies on you. They lie on your character. And instead of turning your words into Twitter fingers... You lift your hands and you begin to praise God as if it's already happened. Somebody say, Praise Him. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And after that, the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all of the prison doors, were somebody say flew open. And everyone's chains came loose. Write this point down. Your personal praise, your personal pain will produce a personal praise. How much does it hurt? That's how hard you should praise. How much does this season in your life, how much is it not working? That's how hard you should go hard for God. Now, I know for some of you, you'll do it from your purple seat. But that's the reason why you see Pastor Joshua up here going crazy on stage. Because sometimes my praise is the only weapon that I got. Pastor Martin told us two weeks ago that you don't have have anything to fight the enemy. Sometimes the only thing that you got to fight the enemy is praising God to fight the enemy. The jailer woke up because he was asleep. He was off assignment. And when he saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, somebody say, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Your pain plus your perception equals your praise. How many of you guys have ever been in an elevator? And I'm going to end the sermon here, actually. You ever been in an elevator? In an elevator, when you get into the elevator, elevator has this thing called a weight capacity, Cali, The weight capacity of most elevators is a couple thousand pounds. So, so if the weight capacity of the elevator is a couple thousand pounds, the only way that you know the capacity of a thing is is that it actually has to be broken. In order for me to tell you that you need Jesus, God has to break you. But the only God that we talk about is the God that's merciful and just and gracious. But sometimes God uses you, Amari. This is for you today, bro. Sometimes... God feels like this and we think that he's abusing us but he's actually getting you ready for something bigger so that when it hits you you can say I felt this before so Amari what they try to tell you is that you're too small what they try to tell you is that you'll never make it to the NBA what they try to tell you is that it doesn't matter how much your mom has prayed for you it's not going to work out and now, you can think that God is beating you up. But he's just trying to figure out, how much can I put? How much can I put on him? When are you going to quit? Because once I figure out where you'll quit, Amari, I ain't going to put more on you than you can bear, bro. I promise you, I ain't going to put more on you than you can bear. So if you can take that, you can take anything from the world. I need you to sit down. I need you to sit down. I need you to sit down because this is going to set somebody free. In order to see the capacity of an elevator, I have to break it. In order to figure out the speed limit of a car, I have to break it. Yes, the car could make it to 250 miles per hour, but I have to break it to get it there. It says that Paul and Silas were in jail and that they had chains on them. And I want, I want you to hear this. Because this is what some of your lives sound like. The stuff that you're dealing with. The stuff that you're walking through. This ain't no cute chain. The capacity of these chains is 2,500 pounds. Which means that I could pull you, your entire family, in a truck and two trucks behind it. And Amari, what you're fighting isn't coaches. What you're fighting isn't the league. What you're fighting is what God wants to use to set you free. The frustrating thing about people, Amari, is that they'll live their entire life and never deal with the pain that comes with their yes. But today, Amari, I believe you can do it, bro. I believe you can do it. I know it's heavy. It feels uncomfortable. I know how you feel like this is it and this is all you hear every time you pray and ask God something every time that you reach out to somebody every time you go to a practice every time that you try to do something for your family you're reminded of how impossible it is James you're reminded of how hard it is to be a father with kids that don't know the story of why you left because every father that left wasn't trying to be a deadbeat he probably thought it was the best thing that his kids needed but we never tell the story we never tell the story I'm sorry mom you can't be dead. you weren't built for it Today is Father's Day. I love you, sis. I understand that you're fa- that you're mothering by yourself, but we got to stop kidding these mamas into believing that they can do what only men can do. You cannot father him, and let me edif- and let me edify you. It's not your job to try. For this equation, I believe that you are going to receive freedom right even now. Follow me. Let's get it heavy. I know it's heavy. Come on. I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy. Come on. Come on. Come on. I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy. I know it's heavy because I put it on you. I know it's heavy because I know your capacity. Stop right there. I want you to do lunges. Come on. Do some lunges. Come on. I said do some lunges. Come on. Come on. Work. Work. I know it hurts. I know it hurts. Get back. Do it again. Come on. You got this. It's easy. You said it was easy. You said that you wanted to work. You said that you wanted to be at this point. Do it again. You messed up. Do it again. I'm not going to put more on you than you can bear, bro. You can trust me. Come on. Let's work. Come on. Come on. Come on. This ain't. This is easy. You know who lives on the inside of you? It's me, baby. There it is. Stop. But then what happens when your legs start to get shaky? What happens when you feel like you're at the end of your rope? What happens when you pray that prayer? God, I can't take no more. And I don't know who's watching this online, but for that person that's there in the chat, I want you to do this right now. Put some fire in the chat because I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to use this analogy to help you figure out what's going on in your life right now. If this is for you, I want you to stand to your feet. What do you do, Amari? When what you're already carrying is heavy, you ask God for something what you ask God for is twice as heavy as what you're carrying. Paul, it's not just enough that I shipwrecked you. It's not enough, Keilah, that I allowed them to lie on your name and think something about you that's not the truth. I allowed for people to think what they lied about you on was true. Just to see, do you trust me? It says that Paul was in jail God put something on Paul to begin to praise in the middle of it and you know it hurts a lot of these people don't know the stories of what we're talking about but Amari this is where you are right now sir feel the weight become one with the pain I want you to feel how hard it hurts I want you to feel all the people that rejected you I want you to feel every single time that you prayed you asked God and you felt like God wasn't answering you and it's heavy it's heavy huh it's heavy, walk, come on I got you, I won't put more on you than you can bear, I promise you I won't and for many of us, this is what our life looks like you just trying to make it to Sunday morning but you crawling through the week army crawling, if I can get to Sunday maybe it'll work out and then God asks you to do something impossible, remember those lunches that I asked you to do in that last season I want you to start to do them now Come on, don't wait. Come on, don't wait. And now, it's too heavy. But I need six men that know how to encourage to meet me up here on this stage right now. Go, 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 go. Don't move, don't touch him, don't touch him. This is his, don't touch him. This is his, don't touch him. I know how much I know how much he can bear. Don't touch him. This is all I need you to do. I need y'all to stand over here on this right side. Sit on this right side. Sit on this right side. Amari, go back to your side. Because sometimes God will have you restart from where you thought you had progress. But now, Amari, I don't want you just to look at me. I want you to look at the men that are behind me that have the strength that you don't have. I want you to look at when you say yes to the purpose that God gives you. That he'll actually give you a tribe of people that are stronger than you. And then what will happen as you begin to do your lunges? Come on, let's lunge. They'll come and start helping you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on, boy. pastor joshua what happens when i ain't got no people around me i ain't got no tribe mr Vaughn. my family thinks i'm the outcast patrick i'm the only one out here grinding i ain't got no friends pastor sometimes what will happen is is that if you don't got men around you the holy spirit will send spirits from heaven called angels to begin to minister to your spirit as you start to carry what's heavy And as you begin to lunge, they'll actually carry the chains for you. And now, don't take them off of him, because you gotta feel some of the weight. You gotta feel some of it. But now, in this season, Amari, I don't want you to lunge. I want you to walk. Go ahead and walk. Walk that thing out. Now walk, now hold on. Walk with some swagger. Walk like you D1. Walk like you on the team that you want to be on. Walk like you got the shoe deal. Walk, go, on, go, for go, for it, go for it, go for it, go that way, go that way, go for it. Follow it, go for it. Walk it out. Somebody give God a shout of praise. Karena la basha, karena la basha, karena la basho, karena la basha, karena la basho. So don't mess with me today. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me today. Don't Don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Any other day you could mess with me. But today, don't mess with me. Stand right there. Stand right there. Stand right there. Stand right there. Amari, I want you to pick up those chains and I want you to drop them right here. I want you to drop them. Every single person that's watching online, I want you to envision everything that you've ever had in your life. Every person that's told you no. Every single person that's walked out on you. I want you to look at the pain in your life and you're gonna, it's not going to be chains anymore. It's going to be a necklace going to be a chain that has a medallion that shows how big you've won. Really quick, if this sermon was for you, I want you to meet me up front and move now. 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 now. This is what your life looks like. God, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this season. God, do you know how difficult this is? that's what your life sounds like God do you know how frustrating it is it's not working out for me people lying on my name people trying to make jokes about me God do you know do you know how hard this is and this is how you look but if you do like Paul and Silas and you begin praising God in the middle of it the word of God says that the chains fell off I want to show you something. Can you bring the music down on the monitor? I want you to listen to this. Your pain level is proof of your capacity. So the pain that you are walking through every single day is the actual proof that you're stronger than what you're walking through. Like, the pain that you feel every day, all of the people that keep talking about you, you better get ready to catch her. All of that stuff, you're strong enough for it. You're stronger than you believe you have more strength in you than you could ever muster the reason why people are laughing at you is because they hope that you don't figure out who you are the reason why people are spitting in your face is because they're hoping that you never figure out how strong you are you too in Jesus name they're terrified of what would happen If you figured out how strong you are. The guard thought that it was the prison that kept them chained. Sit with me, Amari. I'm sorry. Can I teach this thing just for a second? It says that Paul and Silas were in jail. It says that they chained their legs. But you want to know what they didn't do, bro? They didn't chain these. (laughs) Feel me? I don't see Nan duct tape, you see me duct tape? No, they didn't, I mean I got, so how about this? I'll go on my shift and I'll raise my hands, okay? All right, when I get tired, I want you to praise God because sometimes in the seasons that Joshua's walking through, watching you walk through, your praise takes care of me too, okay? So here it is, I know we're in prison, I know that your marriage is struggling. I know that you're in the middle of addiction. I know that you're in the middle of people lying on you. But hey, bro, God would not put more on us than we can bear. And watching you do the lunches, which is actually very appreciated. I'm like, you went crazy. I'm going to begin praising God. God, even though I'm in chains, I'm going to, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to begin praising God. For those of you in the room. They're looking for God to do something intense. I'm going to give you 25 seconds to praise God like it's already done. Starting now. Go. Praise Him. 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 I said praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise Him! 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 Praise Him, Joshua! Even when it's not working, praise Him! Even when you get tired praise him the jailer called for lights rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas he then brought them out and asked sirs what must I do to be saved I want to remind you today that the pain that you are enduring will always preach to somebody this is the last thing I want to tell you is that there are people who are making the decision to keep fighting because you won't stop dad that's watching right now that feels like it's not working out everything's not working you got to put water in the milk to make milk for the cereal I want to make sure that you know that even though you feel like giving up then babies are watching you they're watching as you walk to work in dignity they're watching as you go from job to job with dignity and I believe that if you begin to praise God right now the promise will come so I'm gonna give you 30 more seconds but this is what I want you to do I want you to get yourself some room move the people out your way because you're about to do something that's uncomfortable. You're about to do something that looks crazy. Those of you out there, you need to do too. So give me some room. Give me some room. Because I don't know what's about to happen in this, in, in this next couple of seconds. This is what I want you to do. I want you to praise God in the way that you want him to free you. I want you to praise God in the way that you want him to deliver you. I want you to praise God at the level that you think that he can do it. And start now. Go for it. 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 Praise Him. 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 The stuff on your life beginning to fall off. I see the things in the Spirit beginning to be drugged behind you. The stuff that used to weigh you down is not stuff that you'll carry. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Like it's already done. Already done. Praise him. Like he got it already. Praise him. I'm turning it off. I'm turning it off. Praise him. Praise him. Pastor M- Joshua, you don't know what I'm walking through. I ain't got it. If you praise God like what you're walking through, I'll know what you're walking through. Here it is it down this is your altar call i know what i said at the beginning of the sermon series that we weren't going to lay no hands on people but i feel the presence of god that some of y'all need some hands laid on you by some people that know how to pray by some people that know how to help you loose what's happening with you but this is all we're going to pray about we're going to agree with you what god said to you we're not going to prophesy over you Nobody has a word for you. Prayer team, can we please come up, please? I need you guys to step back. This is it. Real quick, if you know that you need to be up here, I'm going to give you two seconds to get up here. One, two. Because some people are about to be delivered. Some of you are about to be set free. And your faith, your faith is about to go to another level. Prayer team, I need you guys up here, please. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. So the last thing I'm going to tell you what you need from God, you already got. What you're looking for, you've already got. I'm going to release you, but there is a presence in this room that is going to help you turn your pain into gain today. Today is the most hurt you will feel, today is the most frustrated you will feel. I pray that once they lay hands on you, That the presence of the Holy Spirit will flow through you and you will walk with power. Somebody say power. AWC, lift your hands. Let me release you. Father God, we thank you for every single person that is underneath the sound of your name, that is underneath your presence. God, we ask that you would keep us as we leave this place. God, we ask for a double portion over every man, every single father in this room. God, we ask that you cover us as we leave this place and bring us back in Jesus' name. Everybody said...